What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast, the fitness podcast for you, by you. I'm your host, as always, Mark Torres. And in today's episode, episode 18, myth-busting number three, is exercising too much making you fat? Let's talk about it. What is up, my beautiful people? Welcome back to the show. It is Monday, July 6th. Welcome back to the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast. Hopefully, you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, you destroyed some bergs, some some dogs, maybe some beers, uh, some White Claws. Uh, I don't know if people still drink White Claws or not, but hopefully, you guys had a good weekend, a uh, good 4th of July weekend. Hopefully, you didn't blow off any appendages and fireworks, didn't do anything stupid. Hopefully, you're listening to this all in one piece. Um, hopefully, the audio is okay. I'm running the air conditioner in the background because it's hotter than the devil's butt crack today so hopefully the audio is okay because i don't want to do this twice uh today's episode episode 18 of the made to excel fitness podcast is myth busting number three is working out too much making you fat um myth busting number three is about cortisol cortisol is a hormone in your body um and the reason I want to do cortisol for today's myth-busting episode is because I saw three posts about cortisol over the last month, maybe two months. Um, the first post that I saw was from my dear friend V Shred, and I say that sarcastically because I don't know the guy. Um, and I've talked about V Shred in previous episodes, but never by name. I try to skirt around it. I try not to say it, um, but it's way harder to not say it than to just say it at this point. Uh, so V Shred is a fitness influencer. Um, Uh, He runs a lot of advertisements on Instagram, on Snapchat, really, in particular. That's where I see him a lot. Um, I don't know if that means that his target demographic is younger people, because I assume that younger people uh, use Snapchat more often. Um, But I see them, you know, in between Snap stories and stuff like that. Um, And he's the guy who's like, hey, you want to know how to boost your testosterone and take back your manlyhood? You want to know the three secret foods that boost your metabolism to get you to incinerate fat? Are you an endomorph, a mesomorph? (laughs) You know, that's the guy, right? Um, And if you do swipe up on his advertisements, he asks you to swipe up and watch his video, his video presentation. It's usually like a 30 to 45 minute long presentation style video where he's sitting in front of a camera and there's stuff in the background and it's scripted and he's reading off of something. Um, and he talks about a bunch of different things, right? And I try to watch these videos in the name of research, but I was afraid I was going to lose far too many brain cells. So I kind of started poking through them a little bit so you guys didn't have to. Um, and one of the things that he does talk about is cortisol. He says, hey, there's this thing out there called cortisol. Did you know that it could potentially cause you to break down muscle and to inhibit your ability to lose weight? So he does talk about cortisol. Uh, I don't. I didn't get much farther than that, if I'm being completely honest. But he does talk about cortisol. So that was strike number one was V-shredding. Strike number two uh, was something that I actually talked about in myth busting number two, which is about sugar. And it's this fitness coach that I follow on Instagram. Uh, she is a coach of high-level CrossFit competitors. Um, and she made a post about sugar, carbs, and cortisol. And I made the episode about sugar uh, a bunch of episodes back, myth busting number two, if you haven't listened to it. Um, and the post goes, you know, I did the sugar part, but she does talk about cortisol. Uh, she said, we know that diets high in sugar and refined carbs play a role in high cortisol. Talked about it before when you're stressed, cortisol goes up, which causes cravings for high fat, high sugar junk foods. Um, cortisol shuts off the goal oriented rationale part of your brain. So cortisol makes you dumb. I didn't know that. Um, and you choose low quality foods and high sugar foods when consuming cortisol. So, um, That was strike number two. Cortisol showed up again. And last but not least, 
the funniest one of them all. This is about a month ago. This is another person that I follow uh, on Instagram, on my Made to Excel Fitness Instagram, because I, you know, the eighty percent of the people that I follow on that Instagram page, I don't know, just random fitness accounts. Um, and this person, it is a fitness page. They post fitness workouts, which is fine. Do you boo? Um, but this person does not work in fitness, does not have an education in fitness. This person is an educator, a melder of young minds, I presume. I don't know this person in real life. Uh, but they're not a fitness person in occupation or in education. Uh, they have a separate job, right? But they do post workouts. That's fine, whatever. Um, but, you know, a month ago, they posted an Instagram story and they said, that awkward moment when you find out that uh, your long distance runs might be the reason why you can't lose the last five pounds. Hashtag science is a bitch. And I threw my head back in a dramatic fashion and I laughed. <laughs> and um, I rolled my eyes so sarcastically. And then I clicked on the next slide and the next slide said, um, it was a screenshot and it said, high uh, endurance um High endurance exercises can potentially lead to a rise in cortisol levels, which can potentially be detrimental to your weight loss uh, efforts. Um, and somebody must have called her out or multiple people must have called her out because the very next slide, uh, it's her talking and she says, you know, this might not necessarily be the case for you, but I think this is the case for me. Uh, you know, I think cortisol is what's stopping me from, you know, looking the way I want to look. So that was strike number three, three strikes against cortisol and when i do these myth busting episodes these myth busting episodes are just a thinly veiled excuse for me to talk shit about the dumb things that i see on instagram and on the internet right at the beginning i talk about does this myth is this a myth to be busted or does it have some merit 99.99 percent of the time it's a myth to be busted because i saw something stupid and i wanted to talk about it and i put a nice pretty little bow on it with the myth busting series and i set it up that way but in this particular situation I laughed at it, especially the last one, and I said, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I can't wait to rip into these people, and then I started doing research, and I said, oh, am I about to put my foot in my mouth? Is this an actual thing? And all the things I'm reading is not good. Like, I'm going to have to say that these people are correct. This is not good, and then I did further research, and they're actually still dumbasses, so <laughs> um, this is a myth to be busted, not, uh, you know, spoiler alert, sorry to bury the lead, uh, but let's hop into it. Um, so this is something, uh, when I started doing research, I went to precisionnutrition.com. I like precision nutrition. They have lots of good information. If you're interested in the nutrition aspect of your fitness journey, uh, they have a lot of good resources. They do go into deep science dives if you're into that sort of thing, but they do actually break it down, um, very simply if you don't want all that science jargon. So, um, precision nutrition is a great place. So I'm going to read directly off of their website, precision nutrition, cortisol, Cortisol is a hormone that belongs to a family of steroid hormones known as glucocorticoids. It's secreted by the adrenal cortex, which is located in the adrenal glands that sit atop your kidneys. Cortisol is the main glucocorticoid in humans. Glucocorticoids affect every cell in the human body, so needless to say, they're pretty important. Uh, send feedback. Why is cortisol so important? Cortisol accelerates the breakdown of proteins into amino acids, except in liver cells. The amino acids move out of the tissues into the blood and to the liver cells where they are changed to glucose in a process called gluconeogenesis. A prolonged high blood concentration of cortisol in the blood results in a net loss of tissue proteins and higher levels of blood glucose. Isn't that bad? Well, not exactly. By raising plasma glucose levels, cortisol provides the body with the energy it requires to combat stress from trauma, illness, fright, infection, bleeding, etc. 
Obviously, this is bad from a muscle breakdown perspective. However, the body is simply trying to preserve carbohydrate stores and deliver energy when it's needed the most. Acutely, cortisol also mobilizes fatty acids from fat cells and even helps to maintain blood pressure. Uh, and then it talks about the inflammatory response. Uh, as part of its inflammatory response, cortisol is necessary for recovery from injury. However, chronically high levels of cortisol in the blood can decrease white blood cells and antibody formation, which can cause a lower immunity which can lower immunity. This is the most important therapeutic property of glucocorticoids since they can reduce the inflammatory response and this in itself suppresses immunity. A plus to me for the reading. Then stutter once. Uh, and then it talks about the amount of glucose or the amount of cortisol that you need in your body or you should have in your body. And then it talks about exercise type. Uh, so acute high intensity resistance exercise is associated with increased plasma cortisol concentration. In other words, after something like a sprint or a high intensity conditioning or bodybuilding style workout, plasma cortisol concentration increases. This response is similar to that scene of growth hormone. The most dramatic increases occur when rest periods are short and total volume is high. Uh, cortisol, blah, 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 none of that matters, none of that matters. On the other hand, aerobic endurance training, particularly running, is linked with protein loss from muscle, partially induced by cortisol. Endurance training individuals typically have a higher cortisol response, while resistance training individuals have a higher testosterone response. Secretion of cortisol is elicited at ex exercise intensities between 80 and 90% of VO2 max, which means that in this case, we're not necessarily describing recreational exercise, we're referring to endurance training. I give myself a B plus for that reading. So let's start to break down some of these. Uh, cortisol is important because it breaks down proteins into amino acids. Um, and the one thing that it talks about is it starts to shuttle glucose for energy and for different needs, right? To fight off stress, to fight off fright, to fight off bleeding, to fight off infection and all that fun stuff. But it starts to break down tissue protein. So this is uh, a catabolic um, hormone, right? So catabolic hormone, meaning it breaks down muscle tissue as opposed to an anabolic hormone that, uh, builds up muscle tissue, right? So, um, you know, steroids are anabolic. Steroids help you gain muscle. Um, catabolic things break down muscle. So cortisol is catabolic. So when it comes to building muscle, it's not great to have cortisol, especially in high amounts in your body, but it does a lot of important things. It, it helps you heal. It helps you, um, be alert. It helps you do all these fun things. Uh, and then it goes on to exercise type, right? So high volume exercises, high intensity exercises, you get a spike in cortisol. All these fun things, right? Um, so high stress causes cortisol as well. This is the other article that I had pulled up, right? This is just an article that tells you, uh, gives you some different tips as to how to reduce your stress. Because when you're stressed, cortisol level goes up, right? So um, when we start to break these things down, there's a couple different ways that we can start to look at it. In particular, with the three strikes that I talked about earlier on. Um, if we start to look at these three strikes separately from each other, uh, let's start with number one, Mr. V Shred, right? V Shred is a person who runs advertisements for the purpose of making money. Money makes the world go round. Money's fun. Money helps you buy things. So obviously V Shred wants to make you money wants to make himself money. And how Vshred makes himself money is by putting himself in your trust tree. If you're a person who has looked to make progress in a fitness journey for a long period of time and you've had uh, a hell of a time doing it, right? You've tried everything under the sun. You've tried everything that your friends have said. You've tried everything that um, random personal trainers on the internet have told you and nothing seems to work. You're like, this is ridiculous. This is, nothing's working. And you come across a Vshred advertisement and you swipe up on the video. 
Warning sign number one is the fact that V-Shred rambles on a lot. The five, first 5, 10, 15 minutes is just nonsense. He's like, in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you what the secret is. Uh, you know, buy my whatever. So rambling is point number one. And, and uh, you know, I like to ramble sometimes for a dramatic effect, but I try to get to the point as quickly as possible. If somebody's rambling, that's something you should be weary of. So V-Shred rambles. But if you do get into the first 20, 25 minutes of the video, whatever point it ends up being at, and he says, hey, do you know there's this thing called cortisol in your body? And it's this hormone that breaks down muscle tissues. And it could potentially cause you to eat low-quality foods. And this could be the reason why you're having trouble losing weight. You have too much cortisol in your body. And you were like, you're like that meme, that meme, or uh, that gif where the dude goes, oh, that meme? That's your face when you hear that. You're like, oh, my God. This whole time I've been trying all these different things. And it's just, there's just too much cortisol in my body. That's what's going on. All of a sudden, you heard this from V-Shred for the first time ever. Nobody's ever told you about cortisol except for V-Shred himself. And now V-Shred is in your trust tree. Now V-Shred can sell you his program. I don't know if V-Shred sells any physical things. I don't know if he sells supplements or things like that. But I'm, obviously, he has a training program. You can hire him as a coach. I don't know if it's himself as a coach or he has a team of coaches. I don't know how that whole thing works. But V-Shred is now in your trust tree. And now you can spend money with V-Shred. And... The one thing about V-Shred talking about cortisol and everything that he talks about is, as a personal trainer, without knowing somebody's circumstances, without knowing somebody personally, without knowing their habits, um, without knowing about their life, it's impossible to tell that person what's going to help them make progress. So for V-Shred to blame cortisol for their problems is irresponsible, and we can throw that out the window. That's a myth to be busted right then and there, right? You can't know what's going to help somebody without knowing them in particular so for you to be on the internet and say hey cortisol is the problem for you we don't know that so um v shred you're busted for now and somehow some way v shred has a lot of positive reviews on his training program or on his app i don't know if those uh those reviews are fake if those reviews are paid for wink wink um but you know maybe v shred is an amazing personal trainer and he just says dumb shit to get you in the door but V-Shred does say a lot of dumb shit in his advertisements, you know, boost your testosterone, boost your metabolism with these three secret foods or whatever, um, you know, so, you know, just be weary, right? So V-Shred, myth busted in terms of cortisol. Uh, strike number two, which was the CrossFit coach. CrossFit coach says um, high cortisol leads to high stress, which leads to eating low quality foods, which leads to all that fun stuff, right? It makes you make bad decisions. It shuts off the goal-oriented, rationale parts of your brain. It makes you dumb. Um, and a lot of what this coach says tracks, right? I read it in the thing. Um, you know, when you're stressed, you're more likely to eat lower-quality foods. You're more likely to overeat. That makes sense. That is a uh, that is due to cortisol buildup in your body, most likely. But I think if your plan is a good plan, good plans are things that you can follow for a extended period of time even on your worst day so a good plan has these caveats in place that when things start to go downhill for you your plan still works um you know so if you're a person who has kind of a shitty plan and you are stressed one day and then you overeat yeah you can run into some trouble of course but uh having a good plan in place um you know it it it's the remedy for everything. So, um, you know, in terms of that second coach, a lot of what she says tracks, a lot of what she says makes sense, especially for 
her intended audience, which is a high-level CrossFit competitor, people that are competing in actual competitions, it makes sense, right? You want to take all the guesswork out. You don't want to be in a situation where cortisol could potentially affect you. Um, so, of course, you want to try to manage that. But for everybody else, the general fitness goer, to even put the idea of cortisol in their brain, kind of like V-Shred, without knowing that person, doesn't make sense. So, um, what that person says makes sense. The science tracks in that nature. But, you know, to pin it down to say cortisol is the problem or sugar is the problem or carbs is the problem, like that entire post said, if there's one thing I know in fitness is that usually if there's somebody who's struggling to make progress, it's a wide array of things. It's multiple things. It's not one particular thing. So to blame it solely on cortisol doesn't make sense. So myth busted. And last but not least, my favorite of them all, strike number three, is exercising too much causing you to gain weight or to not lose weight. And the interesting thing is this person says, I've been running five miles a day and I think that, you know, I have too much cortisol buildup and it's stopping me from, um, you know, losing the weight that I want to lose. And literally in the first article that I read is, you know, high intensity, short bursts of exercise causes cortisol to go up so i know for a fact that this person after they read that article they started doing hit workouts so your cortisol is still going up so right in that very moment mid busted um you know i don't know um and i think what this particular person is neglecting is the fact that when you wake up in the morning and you go to brush your teeth in the bathroom maybe you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you say damn i, I look good right maybe you have been hitting your workouts really hard or you've been doing really well with your diet maybe you see a little bit of musculature that wasn't there before maybe you catch a baby ab that wasn't there before and you feel proud of yourself as you should but what happens when you leave that bathroom is most humans do this thing that's called eating and drinking so you take food and drinks and you consume them orally in order for your body to function correctly and when that happens your body adapts right your body adapts and changes Within a matter of minutes, right? If I walk into Texas Roadhouse at 5.40 p.m. and by 5.44, I've already taken down four cinnamon rolls, my body has changed in those four minutes. Of course, you're not completely digesting this food in four minutes, but there's a little bit of a stress reflex that happens. That's why when you go and sit down and eat dinner, your stomach feels full. So I think what this person is neglecting is the fact that that happens. You're, I think she's under the assumption that she's gonna look her absolute best 100% of the time. And that's not how this shit works, girl. Um, you know, you're not going to look your best 99% of the time, 75% of the time, 50% of the time, probably not even 25% of the time. You're going to look your absolute best. You're going to look your best in the morning and then your body's going to change from there on out. When you eat food, you start to drink things. Um, you know, so she's blaming the fact that she thinks that she's exercising too much and there's too much cortisol buildup in her body that she's not able to lose that last, you know, two, three, four, five pounds. When in fact, she's probably just going through the motions and her body is adapting to the food that she's eating. So, you know, this might have just been a reason for her to brag on social media that she was running five miles a day. And the other thing that the article says is cortisol really starts to go up at 80 to 90 percent of your VO2 max for endurance or for, you know, aerobic things. Cardio, I would assume and presume that a lot of people out there just doing cardio are not hitting 80 to 90 percent of your vo2 max you're not out there just absolutely going balls to the wall every time so odds are you're not even reaching the point where cortisol could even possibly even be an issue for some of you you might do that you might go absolutely insane and, and go balls to the wall all the time and hit that 80 to 90 percent vo2 max but 
for most of you guys, you guys are not getting to that point. You're going to get tired. You're going to slow down. You're not going to get to that point where you're in a prolonged period of 80 to 90% of your, you know, VO2 max threshold being, you know, how much uh, exercise your body can handle. So for a lot of people, they're, they're going to, they're going to quit before that even day before they even get to that point. And even high intensity training boosts your cortisol level. So that didn't make sense from the, from the jump. So, um, that is definitely a myth to be busted. So when we do, when I do myth busting episodes, there's really a couple different principles that I can look at. One is the science sound. So I think the science is sound here. A lot of this stuff does make sense. Much like the metabolism thing, uh, metabolism, a lot of things affect your metabolism either positively or negatively. Does that mean that is the root cause of your problems? Probably not. So cortisol, a lot of these things make sense, but is that the root cause of your problem? Probably not. Can people make money off this claim? When it came to metabolism, they can absolutely make money off that claim, right? They can sell you things to try to boost your metabolism uh, if you really think that metabolism is your problem. Uh, sugar, there's not really that many ways to monetize that except for if you're a food company uh, and you start promoting low sugar alternatives. But, you know, for a fitness coach or for uh, a personal trainer to try to promote low sugar things, that doesn't really necessarily make them any money. There's no monetary incentive for them to do that. But when it comes to cortisol, they do sell cortisol blockers. Um, you know, so do people stand to make money by putting the narrative out there that cortisol is possibly causing you to not make progress yeah absolutely there's people selling cortisol blockers and if you do a quick google search you find out that the science is pretty much inconclusive right that nobody really knows that cortisol blockers do anything in fact a lot of people think they don't do anything um you know so does that throw the science out of whack after the fact if a high level of cortisol makes you break down muscle tissue and gain weight if cortisol blockers don't do anything what does that say about the science right so all this is very convoluted and jumbled um, but I think we can safely say that this is a myth to be busted. Like I said earlier, in order for you to really pin down um, one cause that is stopping somebody from making fitness progress, it's very, very difficult. It's usually a bunch of things over a long period of time that stops you from making progress. It's usually never one thing. So if somebody's pinpointing one thing that said this is the one thing that's stopping Hey, hey, listen up. Hey, hey, you. Hey, you, listen up. There's one thing that's stopping you from making progress. It's this. It's usually not, right? There's never one thing. It's usually a bunch of things, a bunch of different decisions over a long period of time that really stop you from making progress. So, cortisol, this is a myth to be busted. I'm sorry if I just blew out somebody's eardrums if they were listening with headphones. I just yelled into the microphone. But that about wraps up that section of the podcast. And uh, last but not least, we got a Q&A question. We got one question. It's a two-parter. Great question. How do you feel about tracking macronutrients and how do you feel about carb cycling? Now, in terms of tracking macronutrients, I can assume that this is in reference to all of the macronutrients, right? Tracking protein, carbs, fats, in addition to calories, of course. And I can say that back when I was in college, I talk about college a lot on this podcast. Does that mean I peaked in college? Maybe. But when I was in college, it was the first time I was exposed to the idea of flexible dieting, or if it fits your macros, they're usually interchangeable terms. And if it fits your macros, uh, was this idea and this premise that, uh, well, first and foremost, you would go to a website and you would input your information, height, weight, whatever else they ask for, and they're going to spit out four numbers at you. They're going to spit out how many calories you should be consuming, how many grams of carbs you could be should be consuming, how many grams of protein you should be consuming, and how many grams of fat 
you should be consuming. And the premise was that you can eat anything under the sun as long as they fit into those macros. If it fits your macros, that's where the name came from. And I was so stoked that I found this thing. Right? This is amazing. This is back in college when I was bulking up to try to gain some mass and I was eating Taco Bell out the wazoo. I was eating Taco Bell all the time and I was really up in weight. I was over 200 pounds. Um, the heaviest I'd ever been. So I had some weight to lose. I was like, oh my God, I've got a sweet tooth. I could potentially still indulge my sweet tooth and lose weight. This is fantastic. So let me start counting my macros. And what ended up happening was I would spend, you know, half an hour to an hour at night looking at the menu for breakfast for the dining hall the next morning and trying to figure out what I was going to eat. And back then, I don't know if it's different now. I presume it's probably different now. They didn't have nutritional information on the college dining hall website. It was like, there's pancakes, there's eggs, there's uh, sausage, uh, there's applesauce. Um, You know, they just had a list of things. And I had to go to my fitness pal and kind of cross-reference them and say, all right, this is what I think the macros for this thing is. I was just guessing. Um, So I'm trying to kind of put together what I could potentially eat in the morning and try to track all those macros ahead of time and have a plan going into the dining hall. But when it came to lunch, I didn't usually have time to... um, look into that so i would just eat lunch and then retroactively put it in and see how many macros i had left for dinner uh and then i would go to work my work study job and i would look at the menu again for the dining hall i said what's going on for dinner what can i possibly fit into the last of my macros right i've got x amount of carbs left x amount of protein left x amount of fat left x amount of calories left what do i have left and i would try to fit into these different things to try to hit all four of those numbers it's like trying to build a puzzle But you don't get all the pieces on one shot, right? At 8 a.m., you get some of the pieces. At noon, you get more pieces. At 5 p.m., you get more pieces. And then you get more pieces late at night. And you think you have it all figured out. And then you get more pieces and you realize, fuck, these don't work. Um, You know, these things don't fit. That's kind of how it is, right? So I ate breakfast. I ate lunch. I had a bunch of macros left over. But I'm trying to figure out how to fit different foods in so that I hit all four of those numbers. And I can tell you, spoiler alert, it didn't last probably more more than a week or two. I was like, this is too much work. This is way too difficult. And it wasn't until a few years later on where I started to learn the hierarchy, hierarchy, hierarchy of importance of these four different things that you could possibly track. Um, and first and foremost, the most important thing that you can track is calories. Calories, uh, I don't care if you are eating the healthiest in the world, the healthiest things in the world, nothing but fruits and vegetables and lean meats. If you're eating too many calories, you're still going to gain weight. Um, You know, so calories really is the quantity factor that will dictate how much weight you lose or how much weight you gain. Um, You know, so if you find out that you can um, lose weight on 2000 calories, you can pretty much um, eat anything that's 2000 calories and lose weight, right? Even if that's pizza. Um, you'll still lose weight eating 2,000 calories worth of pizza. But of course, it's probably not a good way to go about it. You'd probably be really unhealthy. Uh, The quality of that weight loss will not be very good. So calories will dictate the quantity of weight that you can manipulate. But what dictates the quality of the weight that you manipulate? Uh, And the second thing in the hierarchy of importance of things that you can track is protein. So um, if you eat enough protein, that will allow you to retain or gain or uh, lose the least amount of lean tissue mass that you have, right? Obviously, you want lean tissue mass, you want to be a lean person. Um, You don't want to have fat mass, Uh, you want to have lean tissue mass. So um, protein is the second most important thing. 
calories is the quantity, protein is the quality, right? If you can eat the proper amount of calories with the proper amount of protein, you have the quality and the quantity, right? And in terms of the hierarchy of things, carbs and fats kind of fall by the wayside. Not that they're unimportant, but they're maybe not important enough to worry about in that moment. And usually if you have your calories and your protein in check, carbs and fats kind of fall in there pretty nicely. Um, you know, so I think at this point, you've got to ask yourself, is it worth it to spend maybe double the brain power to get maybe 5% better results or 10% better results? If you track all four macronutrients, could you potentially make better progress than if you just track two of them? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You have more control over the things that you eat. You have uh, more control over the outcome of your day of your macronutrients. So of course, you could have better results, but it might only be five to 10% better, but you're doing double the work. You're trying to track four macronutrients versus two macronutrients. Um, you know, so you've got to figure out, is that extra work worth the little bit, the very marginal gain of better results that you get, right? If you're a bodybuilder, if you're, you know, competing for the Mr. Olympia and the difference between first and second place is a million dollars for first place. And I don't know, second place is like a hundred thousand dollars. That could be completely wrong. But if, if there's money on the line, then maybe it's probably definitely worth tracking all four macronutrients because you want to have as much control over your appearance as possible. If you're Chris Hemsworth and Marvel comes to you and says, hey, we want to do another Thor movie. Can you get in shape? You, you're Chris Hemsworth. You say, yeah, I'll get in shape. And you go into the shooting of this new movie and you look more like bro Thor from Avengers Endgame than uh, chiseled Thor. And Marvel says, hey, uh, Chris, we were going to give you $20 million to do this Thor movie, but it's going to cost us $5 million in CGI to take away the beer belly and to give you muscles. So we're only going to pay you $15 million. Is it worth the extra $5 million to Chris Hemsworth to track those last two macronutrients? Possibly, or maybe Chris Hemsworth has enough money that he doesn't care. But for those people, it probably makes sense to take that extra effort to ensure the best possible results. But for everybody else, for the normal fitness person, the normal fitness goer, you can make the majority of your results with just tracking calories and tracking protein. So, um, you know, in terms of the hierarchy of things, calories and protein are 1A and 1B or 1 and 2, 1 in a very close second. Um, so most people can get away with just doing that. If you do want to go the extra step, just know that it's going to be a lot of extra work for a very little bit amount of a better result, right? So for most people, it's just not worth it. Um, so macronutrient counting, it's completely up to you. And in terms of carb cycling, carb cycling, from what I understand, is more for athletes. Um, let's say I have a competition. I'm running a marathon on Wednesday. I maybe want to eat lower carbs in the days prior to Wednesday. And right as I'm going up to Wednesday, I want to increase the amount of carbs that I have so I have more energy for the race uh, and I can potentially do better in that competition. Um, that makes sense for a lot of athletes, whether or not they're able to actually utilize more carbs in that scenario uh, i think it's kind of up in the air in terms of science i haven't looked into it really um but in terms of like a general fitness goer is carb cycling worth it i do see a lot of fitness influencers promoting carb cycling diets um and for somebody who maybe has a problem with regulating the amount of carbs that they eat this could make sense right if you want to really put a cap on um the amount of carbs that you're consuming throughout the week and you want to say hey these are my low carb days and these are my high carb days if you want to do that uh you know that's up to you is it necessary absolutely not 
nothing is really absolutely necessary as long as your car or as long as your calories are in check if your calories are in check the importance of everything else not saying that it's unimportant um but the calories is really the driving force of uh, weight loss or weight gain whatever the case may be so if you want to regulate your carbs if you feel like carbs are, are something that you're struggling with and you want a carb cycle for that exact reason then that's something you can absolutely try out and i encourage people to if you really 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 want to try something if you think this really might help you give it a shot give it a long shot right you know don't do it for three days and say ah, oh, i didn't really like it um unless you are certain that this is not something that you can do in the long run um you know give it a month give it you know three to four weeks uh and see how that goes at the end of that three to four weeks you can see how much progress you've made uh if it's progress that you are happy with in terms of in relation with the amount of work that you put in um that is something that is up to you to kind of go through and say this could be good for me uh this could be not be good for me it's going to take too much work right if it's something that you can see yourself doing for a long period of time by all means go for it there's nothing inherently wrong with carb cycling it's not going to harm you um you know but if you do at the end of a month say that was great i made great progress but i don't see myself doing that for another month then it's probably not worth doing um it's kind of like when you want to buy something really badly you know you think uh, you think on it for a couple days and if it's still nagging you you might as well just buy it because it's going to keep nagging at you and you're going to buy it eventually so you might as well just do it now kind of the same concept um you know any particular diet if you want to try it give it a shot give it a real shot give it a couple weeks give it a month see how it goes and then reassess from there um but hopefully that makes sense hopefully uh you guys enjoyed today's show uh myth busting number three cortisol you a bitch <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i said that it just came out um uh myth busted uh macronutrient tracking uh carb cycling up to you if you want to give it a shot um hopefully you enjoyed the t today's show uh if you did subscribe to the show leave a comment leave a review share it with your friends follow me on instagram at mtfit follow me on facebook at made to excel fitness apparel follow me on myspace i don't have a myspace um you know uh if you have more uh q a questions send them my way dm me send me a message uh made to excel fitness at gmail.com all that fun stuff i appreciate you all i'll see you guys in the next one Peace. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? Hunter Henry, LA Charger tight end. Uh, best big time shout out to your uh, fitness podcast, the Made to Excel Fitness Podcast. So um, super cool, man. You got a lot going on. Bolt ganger, don't bang.